everybody welcome into quick hitter episode two and that's exactly it remember it's all hitters no pitchers because pitchers get enough love and we're just going to dive into some of my summer camp lineup notes and takeaways from saturday the 18th and sunday the 19th basically what i do is i go lineup by lineup of the games that are being played and i take a look at what the teams are doing any type of uh, lineup adjustments or any type of like things that stand out in terms of with lineups they trot out that day so we'll start with Saturday, and there were three games. And the first game was Philadelphia Phillies versus Washington Nationals. And in terms of the Phillies, the only thing I noticed was they started most of the starters. They didn't have Real Muto in that day, but they put in uh, Quinn. They had Quinn in over Adam Hazley. And with Roman Quinn, it's plus-plus speed. The guy can just run. It's, it's a huge boost to some bases if you need him and if he gets the playing time. He actually batted second in that lineup. But again, that was without Romuto in the lineup. Romuto was in the lineup yesterday and moved back up into that two or three spot. We'll get to that game later on. But regardless, on Saturday, you saw Roman Quinn get the run, get run over Adam Hazley. Might be a four outfield rotation at this point. We're not too sure. But if Quinn is getting regular at bats, he's a must add for those uh, stolen bases that everyone needs. Jay Bruce DH'd and batted seventh. This is expected as far as him being the DH most of the time, and he's free in drafts. He's your late power guy. You just grab him, and you can put him in, and hopefully he's facing mostly righties because he just has that type of bat against righties. Segura batting sixth isn't shocking. He might even bat seventh when Ramuto's in the lineup. It's just unfortunate. I thought he might have had a handle on the two-hole, but it does not look that way, at least in these early takeaways. So that kind of you know, dings him just a bit. And then Kingry batting eighth. Again, not surprising, just unfortunate because the power and speed combo isn't as appealing from the eighth spot. It's still going to be helpful for your fantasy teams, but the at-bats won't be there. You go over the, again, this is Saturday, the Nationals lineup. Victor Robles was still out, so, you know, he's still coming back. He says he'll be ready for opening day. We'll see. Sterling Castro batted third. Again, another guy who's just cheap and pretty much free in drafts, and he's just a cheap RBI bat to target. It uh, changes launch angle up, uh, changes batting stance, and some launch angle changes mid- mid-season last year, and you saw the production follow. So there's lots of like there. Kendrick batting fifth. He's another cheap RBI bat, but with a higher floor than Castro, I believe. Again, not sexy, nothing special, but a guy you can just take and kind of plug him in, and he should get just about every day run. The first thing, the big the big, note, the big takeaway from that lineup was Azurbo Cabrera was in and Kibun was out. N- news kind of came out of them likely splitting time there. Whereas, you know, we saw uh, Martina, the uh, the manager, Martinez, go ahead and uh, say that, you know, Cuban would be the main guy in, but that doesn't seem to be the case. It looks like it's going to be more of a split situation or even Cabrera might get early run. The next game on the slate was the Cleveland Indians versus Pittsburgh Pirates. And again, just like we saw, uh, Cesar Hernandez was leading off. We've been, I've been telling you guys this since March. <laughs> yeah, it's been trending that way. And it looks like it's going to go that way. And the, the crazy takeaway was that uh, Oscar Mercado is batting ninth. Like I expected him to bat like seven. So for him to bat ninth, that's going to be a real big hindrance on his at-bats. He should still be able to run freely, but we shall see. Of course, you have Lindor and Jose Ramirez uh, 
J-Ram in the two hole, Lindor in the three. Lindor going up to moving back to the three hole increases his RBI opportunities and should put him in a position to have a really solid year. And I think he'll still run. And that's pretty much it with the Indians. You know, you had Framo Reyes batting fifth, DH. That's typical. Uh, t- Taylor Tyler Naquin might be on a strong side of a platoon, and he was batting sixth. So that could have some like AL only type of value there, 15 teamer type of value. Pittsburgh Pirates, there wasn't much to see here. There really is never much to see there, unfortunately, for Pittsburgh. They have some young talent in the minors, but they're not playing them. Well, uh, Kevin Newman wasn't even in the lineup. Not sure what was going on there. And even if he's in the lineup, it looks like they have draw dice and leading off for your deeper leagues again, steals. But then Brian Reynolds, Adam Frazier, and Josh Bell, those are the top four. And I don't see Newman squeezing in there. So I think Newman could be on the outside of the top five, top six area be over there and then when the Gregory Polanco returns he could even fall farther behind him so that's something worth worth monitoring we all kind of assume Newman might have been in the top of the lineup that is not the case as of right now the New York Yankees on Saturday trotted out pretty much backups and because of that it actually spoke volumes because players like Talkman, Ford, Andujar and Frazier all were getting playing time that day and of course if they're if they're trotting out backups you got to assume that these guys are likely the backups. Like we knew that they kind of were on the outside looking in, but this kind of confirmed it for us. And then you had the Mets, Robinson Cano batting third. I just, I just don't get it. Why is he batting in the middle of the order? He's not what he used to be. For fantasy purposes, we would like to see him move down and bump all the other guys up. Cespedes was batting cleanup. That could be a big boost, and this is this actually might happen daily. He might DH. I mean, I know he's playing the field a little bit, and if he's batting, if he's batting cleanup, he's been a value, and he's still a value in drafts for the power potential. J.D. Davis is batting six, but the more important part was he started in left field, which shows that it looks like he's going to go ahead and take that, have that job entering the season, which we always kind of assumed. Wilson Ramos didn't start that day, and when he does start, we'll see where he slots. And I think he started in the second game, so we're actually entering the Sunday games now. And the, the first game on the slate was the Baltimore Orioles versus the Philadelphia Phillies. And leading off, Austin Hayes, awesome. This is what uh, we were watching. We were monitoring this in spring training. They never played Austin Hayes and Hanser Alberto in the same uh, lineup in, for spring training. So we finally saw what the opening day lineup will likely look like, I, I would say. And you see Austin Hayes leading off, and you see Hanser Alberto batting uh, sixth. I'm surprised he's not batting second because I think he has good uh, contact skills and could get on the base, could get on base a bit. But nevertheless, Austin Hayes looks like he's going to get the the early run at the leadoff spot. With that comes the at-bats, and there's a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and a little bit of just a lot of interest there, especially in that ballpark. Chris Davis is batting cleanup. I'm curious if he can sustain the early uh, the early camp success. Can he, I mean, can he finally turn it around and be even half the player he once was? I'm not going to be optimistic. I'm not that optimistic on that, but the guy, you know, he's great for the Baltimore community. So as like on a personal note, I root for him. But overall, I just don't see much fantasy impact there. Pedro Severino starting at catcher and batting fifth. Normally, this wouldn't be a big deal, but in two catcher leagues, getting a catcher who hits in the middle of the order is a huge plus, especially one going as late as Severino. Moving over to the Phillies Sunday lineup, Romuto is playing, and he actually slotted into the three-hole, which pushed Bryce Harper to the two-hole with Andrew McCutcheon. Very interesting, because I thought maybe Romuto would be three, Harper four, but no, that's not the case. And then Jay Bruce actually batted fourth. And if Jay Bruce is batting fourth instead of seventh, that is even more intriguing. That's almost like Cespedes type of thing, type of guy, like where you're going to get the power and you're going to get the middle of the lineup without having to pay any type of premium. Hoskins batted fifth in this lineup. Didi Gregoris, sixth. And Segura, seventh, like I mentioned. And then King Reed, eighth. And then Hazley was back in the lineup batting ninth. 
So we'll see how they do with um on the, I think they have one more game on Monday today when you're when this is being recorded. So we're gonna monitor that lineup and see who gets the playing time between Quinn and Hazley and just like one final tune up of what you think will be the opening day uh, lineup. And the reason why these lineups I think are very important right now is because there's no time for them to kind of screw around with them. So they're gonna play their best lineups available, I would think. It just makes sense. Like they're trying to get into like a routine and maybe get an idea of what they like the most. So you gotta think that this is what they're gonna do. Moving over to the Mets versus the Yankees, you had Jeff McNeil leading off, and then, of course, again, Cano batting third and Cespedes batting cleanup. So it looks like there's a little bit of a trend there, at least. Pete Alonso batting second, which he did last year. The upsetting part is Brandon Nimmo. I pegged him as a leadoff guy, and I guess with this lineup, because they're so set on Cano batting third, when they really should just put Nimmo leading off and bump everybody down one and move Cano down to seventh. That's just my opinion, but I'm not the I'm not the manager. They're trying to just probably – they're trying to um, justify that terrible trade they made but regardless Nemo's batting eight that kind of sucks for his value he's a guy that i was liking of, of late because i expected him to lead off because he has the on-base skills to lead off with a little bit of power and speed but batting eight that really puts us kind of hurts all that and uh, so you can hear me like getting all upset because it sucks but as it is that's kind of the main takeaway they still and they he could actually be batting ninth because again Wilson Ramos didn't play and if Wilson Ramos plays i'm almost certain Wilson Ramos is going to bat seventh or six or something like that, pushing Rosario and Nimmo down to the eight, nine spots, which this Mets lineup is surprisingly solid and really low, like loaded with talent. So it's not even a terrible lineup to be in the back end of, but still you want more at bats and that's just not going to happen here in the back end. The Yankees, this lineup again, speaking of a loaded lineup, it's absurd. <laughs> and it looks like they're pretty much healthy. DJ LeMayhew was uh, leading off. Aaron Judge hit two home runs yesterday. So he's looking like, you know, the health concerns, might just be a little bit behind him. I mean, he's always still a risk for re-injury, but he hit two home runs, so he's obviously looking healthy. Torres at three, Stanton clean up, Aaron Hicks at five. So Aaron Hicks, we thought, might have been a top two hitter. Still batting fifth is really solid for his uh, RBI potential. So he goes from less of being a run run producer to an RBI producer. The power isn't really there, but it's a power-speed combo type of thing with a little bit of everything. His on-base skills are solid, so he should get on base, and he's going to be in front of Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt, it looks like. So th- there should be still a good amount of chance of runs here. And Voight batting seventh, not ideal. But again, it's the it's kind of like one of those things. Like in a t- maybe in another lineup, he'd be like a five-hole hitter. But in this lineup, he's a seven-hole hitter. It's just the way it is. This lineup's just that loaded. And moving over to the last game. Oh, no, there's two more games. Got to hurry this up so we can get to our 15-minute window. The White Sox versus the Cubs. The White Sox, Tim Anderson remains leading off. Luis Robert batted sixth. Which would be exciting, but then you know you have Yon Makata and Nomar Mazara weren't playing yesterday, so that could push him down to seventh or eighth, depending on how because you know Makata's going to slot ahead of him, pushing Robert pushing Robert down at least to the seventh hole, and then maybe Mazara comes in and you know kind of ruins kind of ruins the party and puts pushes him down even one more. We'll see. No sight of Nick Madrigal on the starting lineup, so it looks like he'll probably start off in that taxi squad, and then uh, Eloy is batting third. That's interesting because, sorry, Eloy's batting second. I think he moves, does he move down to the third when when Makata comes back and pushes everybody down a spot? Or does Eloy get slotted into like the five hole when Makata gets back? So that's going to be worth monitoring. Eloy's not a top two type of guy. He's not an on base guy, so to speak. So he shouldn't be in the two hole. I don't think he'll stay there again because I think that's where Makata's going to go. The Cubs, Chris Bryant's leading off. Runs will be huge, but the RBI will take a hit. So you need to adjust accordingly. With Rizzo out, you see Carantini is playing first. Between getting rips at first base and catching for Darvish, he may get enough playing time to roster as a second catcher in two-catch formats. 
it's worth just keeping in mind. Again, another guy like Severino, just a guy that late later on in drafts that could be your second catcher. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And there's also a chance for the DH. So we'll see how that goes. Kipnis, Jason Kipnis actually batted second and started at DH. This is interesting. Does this mean he could hit as high as fifth when Rizzo comes back? Because Rizzo should be sliding back in that two hole. And does Nico Horner, because Nico Horner actually got to start second base and batted fifth, but does Horner get bounced out for Kipnis when with the DH, if the DH is utilized otherwise? There's a lot of moving parts here still. But you know, one, one thing you do know is Baez and Schwarber are, are definitely firmly planted in that three and four hole. Gotta love to see that. And then you have Albert Amora. Uh, he got he was in with Hap out. Not sure what the deal is there. Still monitoring it. I wouldn't say drop Hap yet, but it's definitely concerning if Hap's on the outside looking in. Final game on the slate. We're going to rush through this one is the D-backs versus the Dodgers. You had Cole Calhoun leading off. I honestly don't understand it, but regardless, this is a big boost of value if this holds true. Starling Marte moved to the three-hole. That's where I – it's weird because I don't know how that's going to affect the stolen bases, but it definitely improves his RBI opportunities for sure because he's going to be – if he's behind uh, Calhoun and Marte, there's a lot to like there. I'm not, a, I'm not an Eduardo Escobar guy, but batting cleanup is never a bad place to be with all those names I just mentioned ahead of him. Jake Lamb was manning first base and batting seventh with Christian Walker not in the lineup. Stephen Vogt was getting the nod at DH. If he grabs that bats at DH this season, it'll be a huge gain in value for his two. Again, another two two catcher guy. Real quick on Jake Lamb, though, I don't understand why they hate Kevin Crone so much. That's all. <laughs> That's all I got. And the Dodgers, they're the Dodgers. They're amazing. Their team is ridiculously loaded. Betts is leading off. Muncie batting second, which is nice. Turner's actually batting third instead of Bellinger. Bellinger's gonna be batting cleanup. Not a huge shocker, just surprising. I thought it might have been turned around. Corey Seager batting fifth. That's also a really good spot for him. Again, another spot, another guy I didn't expect to be in that spot, which is awesome. I mean, that's great for him. Great, It's great for his RBI potential and overall boost to his value. Pollock is back and getting first uh, the first go at DH, it looks like. Should get regular run at DH. And with health issues, less less of a question. Again, not playing the field should help with his health. It could be beneficial to him this year, and he could be a draft day value. Jock actually pulled the start against right-handed pitchers, the right-handed pitcher, which isn't a surprise, but he's not leading off like he was last year. Hitting in, hitting seventh isn't terrible considering the strength of the lineup, but it's definitely a small hit considering he's very, already limited with being a, in a platoon. And last, but certainly not least, was Austin Barnes got the nod at catcher over Will Smith yesterday. Not only was I already out on Smith because he was hitting at the bottom of the lineup compared to other catchers in the draft range, but now he's not even getting the first look. Worth monitoring if it's more of a split than we all thought. And that's going to wrap it up. This is your little, you know, quick hitter, fifteen about a 15-minute one this time. A lot of information for only seven games. And then Monday's slate is a lot longer, a lot bigger of a slate. So it might, have, it might be its own episode. But with that said, guys, appreciate listening. As always, five-star review on your way out is greatly appreciated. And look forward to doing this all season long. We'll talk soon.